I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Dave Kittle Show. This is Dave Kittle, and I am the owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy here in New York City. And also the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. I have nothing to sell you. We are putting out helpful and hopefully valuable content for healthcare business owners, private practice owners, physical therapy business owners across the country to uh, give them more information about selling, exiting, succession planning, exit strategy. And my hypothesis is that maybe two to five, one to five percent of the audience might reach out to us in the future to potentially acquire some or all of their practice. That is full disclosure. That is why we're on this this uh, journey together. And we're going to be interviewing advisors, lawyers, accountants, anyone that's a professional in the mergers and acquisition space to help demystify a lot of this stuff for private practice owners. And also interviewing physical therapists just like you and private practice owners just like you. And today we have on one of my longtime colleagues. He's a physical therapist. He's a private practice owner, Tony Maritato. He owns Total Therapy Solutions. And he can correct me if I get any of this wrong, but I believe two locations in Ohio. Previously, he had one location in Florida that he sold, kind of like an internal sale to his team and physical therapists that were his employees there. That's the main part of what we're going to start with talking. Uh, and also, Tony is just a wealth of knowledge. If you guys know and connect with him on YouTube or Facebook, elsewhere on the internet, he does a ton of things now and is getting even more on the creative side with digital things and how physical therapists and practice owners can make more money and have other, I don't know, side hustles and different ways to optimize their uh, their cash flow and their income outside of patient care. That's kind of like a little bit of a cliffhanger there. So that's enough about me. Tony, welcome in. We've been friends and colleagues for six years or something. You recently yeah. told me that your first podcast interview ever was with Rob Vining and I on uh, PT Tech Talk. Now you're doing a ton of things on social media. Now you're back on my current new podcast here, The Dave Kittle Show. So it's like things are like full circle. Tony, what's going on? Welcome in and uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. I love the Alex Ramosi reference with I have nothing to sell you. Yeah. So guys, if you don't know me, my name's Tony Maritato. I'm on Facebook under Anthony Maritato. But quick synopsis. So I am a licensed physical therapist and private practice owner. My wife is a physical therapist. We started the practice back in 2001. We started with one location, 800 square feet, Siesta Key, Sarasota, Florida. And we started just like most probably of your listeners. We were like, she was working for a hospital. I was not a physical therapist at the time. I was a strength coach. And we were like, we could do a better job. We could see fewer patients, make more money, but ultimately deliver a better patient care experience than what we could do working for the hospital. So I signed a lease. I bought some equipment and we got started, you know, and then from there, we opened a second location. We opened the third location. She convinced me to go back and get my master's degree in PT. So between 2003 and 2005, I would commute down to Miami, Florida, which is about three hours away from Sarasota. I do my classes. I commute back. 
We had three locations going. And then in 2006, we got married. We kind of knew that's the direction we were going. And we knew we were going to have kids and a family. And we said, hey, we're killing ourselves. We've got tons of money in the bank account, but no time available to spend with each other. So we really buckled down and said, we're going to turn this into a real business. We can't treat every patient. We can't do everything. We can't sweep the floors and clean the toilets while we're doing joint mobs five minutes later. So we moved to Ohio. We got married 2006. We opened two more clinics. So at our largest, we were at five clinic locations across two states. We brought our billing in-house. We brought our marketing in-house. We really decided this is the business. And our goal from the beginning was we wanted time freedom. So every day we asked ourselves, is this moving us toward our goal? And a lot of us will get into business and we're like, we're losing time. We're not gaining time. And so, you know, we did the training and the consulting and we paid experts and we learned how to run a business and create an organizational chart and all that stuff. And so we achieved kind of our goal mostly like by 2008, you know, obviously the markets were crazy and all this stuff was going on. We had our first son. My wife stepped out of patient care and she's never gone back. We have four beautiful boys. Um, and our goal was, hey, like they're only going to be young for a little while. I want to be home in the morning before they go to school. I want to be home in the afternoon when they get off. I want to coach. I want to be on the baseball field and volleyball and basketball and all that stuff. And that's what we do. So our priority is not growth in the traditional sense. Our priority is time freedom. I think there's a huge opportunity for clinicians who want to grow. But right around 2000, I don't even remember. We started consolidating our Florida clinics. We closed two of them. A husband and wife couple that was working for me down there, they took over one of the clinics that we closed. Another clinic we just closed outright. The third clinic, the team that had been working with us since the beginning, they came together, they bought that. We'll talk about the logistics of that. But that was a huge win for me, you know, to see those guys come together and own the clinic that they basically built was just an amazing opportunity. And so now I still keep a hand in the clinic. I was in the clinic this morning. I spent about 12 hours of patient care, but I dedicate the lion's share of my, my working day to building alternative income sources because I always say like, I don't want to be in a situation where I have to do one more unit to pay my mortgage. Like I want to treat because I want to treat. I want to make decisions because I believe that's what's in the best interest of my patient, absent of the finance. I want to run a business so that I don't have to worry about money and what's going to pay the next bill, you know, and obviously with situations the way they are. I mean, I think we saw over the last couple of years, like we need some redundancies in the system. So when this revenue source disappears, we've got this revenue source that's ready to go. And we've had challenges for since 2001. You know, where all of a sudden one clinic gets wiped out. Well, I got two other clinics to make my money. This goes away. Well, I've got this other, you know, resource to fall back on. And every single time, because of those systems, we've been able to maintain and continue to grow profitability. That's the main thing. Got it. And then before we go more into the Florida clinic that you sold, I don't think we talked much before over the years about the two locations that you guys closed down. Was that because of maybe you didn't have the best therapist or clinic director there? Was it a change in referral sources? You know, was it something, you know, with the office or the location or? Yeah. So we were, we were basically, we left Florida 2006. 
I want to say it was like 2011. Um, we were at a point where one of our leases was coming due. The clinic wasn't that profitable. We had been gone three or four years already. So we had no local real leadership. Nobody wanted to take over. I don't know if you remember, but that was a time again where therapists were scarce. They were hard to come by. Finding a therapist that fit the culture, that was affordable. We just, it wasn't really easy to do. So we're like, you know what? We're not making that much money from the clinic anyway. Let's just shut it down. So we just shut one of them down. The other one, husband and wife couple have been running the clinic for us for a couple of years. They were amazing. They were really, really great, but we couldn't come to figure out. And, and this is the growing pains of a young business owner. It's like, how do we sell this? You know, we were in a situation where the most value was in our contracts. We had a Blue Cross contract in Florida. Blue Cross has been closed for 20, 30 years, but we had gotten that contract. But it was connected to our tax ID and we weren't selling all of our locations. We just wanted to sell one, but we couldn't guarantee that contract would transfer. And so there were all these logistical issues that we were like, I don't know. I just don't know how to make this work. I don't know how to come to an agreement. I don't know what it's going to be worth. Now, you know, it, it was a situation where we just said, all right, we're just going to close. We closed. A week later, they opened up like, three storefronts down. I'm happy for them. You know, would I have liked to sell that clinic to them? hundred percent, but they weren't in a position to buy. We weren't able to make the deal. So that's the way it went. But then in the third situation, that's where, and I think this is where you see somebody who's got experience in business versus somebody who's an amazing therapist, but they don't really understand business. We didn't understand business, you know? So I think they probably spent more money opening the clinic a week later. We lost money because we didn't get to sell and then we had to move all that equipment out of there. So it was a lose-lose. Whereas I think when we did the sale on the last clinic, it was a win-win. And, and they've more than 10 times their revenue in three years after buying the clinic from us. You know, So you can really see how that situation just blew up and accelerated for them. Whereas the that, guys that, that just... That was, that was the third location and a third group of therapists, right? Right, right. Got it. Totally different team, totally different location within the same city limits. But yeah, it, it's just when you have the right formula, I, I mean, I always say like Rubik's Cube. I remember as a kid, I spent three years trying to figure out a Rubik's Cube and could never figure it out. A couple, like a year ago, I was like, I'm going to check out YouTube. Boom. Five minutes on YouTube. I could do a Rubik's cube in like, you know, <laughs> no time. And I could do it repeatedly. It's, it's so simple once you understand the formula, but we didn't understand the formula back then. We stumbled upon it later, but yeah. So what was the timeline between the first location closing and then the second location and then the timeline between the, the second location and then your sale to that third group of therapists that then continued I, that location? I think the one we closed, the two we closed, basically those were done. Like, I think one of them would have been 2010. One of them would have been 2011 or 12. But then we kept the one location in Osprey, Florida, like South Sarasota. Um, I think it was 2017, 2017, 2018, that we actually sold that one. So there was about five years where you know the local team had just continued to grow, continue to expand the way it is. 
but you know, we were absentee owners. I mean, that's the reality. Like I talk about the rich dad, poor dad, cash flow quadrant. And I say, like right now, I'm at the bottom because I was treating patients this morning. So I was the employee, but I'm also self employed in the sense that I've got businesses where I'm the owner and the employee. But then I was a business owner because on my other, like we have two clinics here in Ohio, I never go to one location, it just runs on its own. I'm the business owner for that location. And then when we still had the Florida clinic, I was the investor because I hadn't been down there for like 10 years. I hadn't hired anyone. I hadn't fired anyone. The team was doing all of it. I was just getting the profit that was left over after expenses on a monthly basis. And you know, if they needed somebody to sign a lease or something, I would do that. But really, I was a complete hands-off investor. That being said, the clinic didn't grow. It didn't drop, but it, it kind of stayed where it was until we sold it to the team. And once they took ownership, then it was like off to the races. Did they approach you first or did you approach them? It was an interesting situation. So one of the original guys that had been with me, he was actually my clinical CI. I owned the clinic. I was a student. He was my clinical CI. Wow. I hired him. <laughs> I hired him. He came on board. He was a great therapist. And we were paying him, you know, six figures back in that day. It was a good income. He wanted to buy the clinic. We could never come to an agreement. I just, I couldn't figure out how to make that deal happen. And so he left. He opened his own clinic. Ironically, he opened his own clinic literally half a mile down the road. But that's okay. He's doing great. He's still there. You know, I'm happy for him. So the rest of the team stayed with us. They continued to work. They continued to kind of regrow what we had lost and then came back. And then together we said, hey, you know, you guys, I knew that what was going to happen was they were going to go do something else because they had other opportunities sitting in front of them. My clinic wasn't growing and they had opportunities for growth. So I was like, I could sit here. You guys could leave. I wish you the best if you do. And then I'm going to have to buy, get all new staff and a whole new team and rebuild everything. And I haven't been down there for 10 years. Why don't I just sell you the practice? Like, why don't we just figure out how to make this work? And by that time, we had everything in place where we could say, okay, we've got 10 years, 20 years of history. This has been the profit margin. If we continued the way it is for the next couple of years, I could reasonably expect to get that profit. Why don't we just do a multiple of three times profit? And so we said, okay, three times profit. That's the sale price. With that, you get the physical location. Now, I've always focused on choosing the best physical location on a multitude of kind of criteria, because I know that if I have the best location, I have a competitive advantage no matter what. I could put a crummy, Alex Hermosi talks about this, and he got it from Warren Buffett, that it's not about the guy in the boat, it's about the boat in the stream. Like I can put an average clinician in an outstanding clinic and they will outperform. And so if I have the best possible location, I'm going to crush everybody around me. If you have good parking, if you have easy access, if you have great visibility, you could be an amazing clinician with 20 letters after your name. But if you're in the unit three rows back behind me with no parking, nobody's going to go see you. You know, and so we always focused on convenience, location, you know, the real basic stuff. And because of that, 
the guy who opened half a mile down the road, he just could never like compete with us because even that little bit of difference was enough that he didn't have the advantage. So, so we said, okay, you're going to get the location. So we sign over the lease. You're going to get the equipment, which the equipment is worthless. I mean, who cares? It's a bunch of metal. That's all it is. <laughs> but you're going to get the insurance contracts. And so that's where now this is what's interesting. And I think it's interesting with where you're going. I told him, and we're still great friends today. I was like, you don't want my Medicare contract because there's no barriers to entry with Medicare. Get your own Medicare contract. You don't want my baggage, my 20 years of history. If they come back and audit something that happened three years before the deal, you're on the hook for all of that. So don't take any contracts ever that you can get for yourself. The ones that you want are the ones you can't get into. And that was like Blue Cross the, the, the closed Florida. The closed panel. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So those are the ones we had a couple of them. And the reality is, you know, we just had 20 year track record there. We were across the street from a hospital owned clinic. So he had financial backing. He had an investor, a non clinician investor, which is the best thing I think he could have done. And they were basically buying the practice as a launching point for everything else because they could grow. They had instant cash flow. I think we closed officially, like we closed the deal March 31st. So April 1st, he opened under the same total therapy solutions, but his was of Florida. He had his own tax ID. He got his own networks. He did everything. We transferred the ones that were closed to him. And we finished collecting our accounts receivable. He started new accounts receivable. But, you know, you instantly start with a full caseload. Like imagine a startup trying to do that, like a mobile therapist trying to go from zero to 40, 50, 100 visits a week. Can't really do that. That's six months of time. He just compressed into one day. Right. Did he or that did that group have any other challenges with assigning any other contracts over from your original tax ID and entity to their new tax ID? No, we, we made sure beforehand that we were signing everything over, that we contacted the insurance companies with them. And we, we had as close to a guarantee from the insurance company as we could get to say that when we you know move from this tax ID to that tax ID, the number is going to change. Nobody would guarantee it, but we did everything we could due diligence to try and make sure that that was a smooth transition. And as far as I know, everything went smoothly. Got it. The reason why I'm asking sometimes that anyone that is a practice owner listening, if they're in the process of selling or they're thinking about it, the reason why that might be important is if there's some component of an earnout, it really just depends on all the price and terms, right? So some practice owners might, or most are going to want the big lump sum at closing, but depending on how well their practice is running as a business and all that, some of their purchase price might actually be an earnout, And so the earnout in the future with monthly payments, paying that owner as part of the deal terms could kind of factor in because you, that owner would want that new team and that new party to be successful. And that would include like making sure that those contracts are, are assigned and, and uh, that new owner can actually start evaluating and treating those patients under that new tax ID number uh, but uh, through the all the common insurance payers that the practice is seeing there. So in regards to, so they, they kept the same location, they slightly changed the name. Um, were there any other, other than like, what about the book of business with the patients? Like, did you communicate with the past patient list? Did you 
send out mailers or emails then, or, or is it kind of just like most of the patients knew them anyway, so you didn't have to worry about that? That's the thing. The patients knew them. They had been working there mostly 10 years or longer. There was no major difference. You know, I, I don't know your experience. I mean, I guarantee if I go into my clinic tomorrow and say, hey, what's the name of my business? They're like, what? I don't even know your name. I don't know your name, your business's name, you know? The patients know faces, they know personalities. No, we, we didn't do anything. We did discharge every patient that was like active patient. And then they evaluated and readmitted every new patient that was there, which really, I mean, aside from a handful of payers that they wouldn't pay for a new evaluation in a 60-day window, that was a nice bump to revenue. You know, that, that was a nice little payday for them. But no. Patients were happy and, and there wasn't a blip on the radar in terms of what happened. Got it. So, and then you also mentioned the, the 3X multiplier on net profit. So there's a couple of different ways that practice owners and buyers are speaking about, you know, multiples and it kind of, there's a sliding scale that we know of and that other owners are probably aware of. And if they're not aware of it, then then hopefully we can provide more insight to it. But the more scale that a practice has, so either more therapists, the, the higher volume of total completed visits, whether per week, per month, whatever that number is, if it's multi-location, they can certainly negotiate a higher multiple, maybe 5X or 7X or even you know higher if they have you know the more and more locations. So at that point, that was around, what did you say, 2017? Yeah. The, the sale? Yeah. So yeah. you, you came up with a pretty common number, still pretty common for outpatient physical therapy. So three times net profit, was that something that you had been advised on from lawyers, accountants, brokers, anything like that? Or was that something that you just, you knew the industry standard? I knew the industry standard. I knew the numbers that we were looking at, but also like the reality is these guys were family. You know, like they were part of the family. We had grown up together. We started the business together. Two of the three of them were literally there on day one. So it was like, I didn't want to squeeze more profit out of it. But the reality is, it wasn't a growing business. It had been stable for 10 years. There wasn't a lot of growth if I kept it. So from my perspective, nothing much was going to change, you know? He had plans, which is awesome. He was a young therapist. He had worked for us before he was a therapist as a tech. He is a big baseball guy, did a lot through professional, like working with professional players and stuff. And it's a really, really interesting story. Big spear fisherman down in Florida. But it was like, we knew we weren't going to get anything more, even if we kept it. We knew that it was a reasonable rate. We knew that it was affordable. We knew that we could get the deal closed. So we were like, you know what? we're good. Like we've got other stuff. And that's where the saying like, don't go grocery shopping when you're starving. Like I wanted the money, the money was nice, but more important to me was transitioning that to people who were going to really take it and do something with it. So yeah, I, I didn't feel cheated. I feel like they got a great deal. I feel like we got a good deal. Both sides, I think did well with that. And you presented, you said you presented it as three times he probably did he already know the book. So it was like, he knew the number approximately like, you know, this number times three. And, and then there was no pushback from that therapist, that owner, that the soon to be owner. Right. Because I said, I said, look, here's the deal. This is what I would normally come to you with. 
This is what you would counter with. This is where we would meet. So let's just go there, you know? And, and I said, you know this business better than anyone. You've been in it for years. I know the reality is if we don't get this deal done, you're going to leave anyway. You have better options ahead of you. So I'm like, let's just make this work. It needs to be fair. needs to be reasonable. This is the number. And I've always shared our numbers with anyone on the team. So like just the other day, I went to my assistants, my PT assistants. And I was like, guys, here's the deal. This is what we're doing. This is the profitability. This is the cost of everything. You know, because I want them to know like, and they can see, I mean, we can all kind of see what money is coming in, you know? But what I find is that if we don't show them the actual numbers, they kind of build up the revenue numbers and then they underestimate the actual cost, cost numbers. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know, again, do you think I'd be driving a 2001 Toyota Highlander if I was making 3 million a year? Like you think I'm making, <laughs> you know, I don't have a Lambo hidden in the garage. And so like, I've always been open with just about everything. I'm like, look, look, here's the reality. Yeah, we can push harder. We can get more visits in, but I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Let's make the money on other areas. And maybe we'll talk about that later. But my, my team always knows what's the cost, what's the revenue, where's the profitability coming in. If we need to, to get more profitability, where we can get it. And so we've been really fortunate. We've kept the team everywhere for a really long time. So, you know, we don't have a lot of turnover with that. But he, he saw it and he was like, yeah, I think that's fair. I, that makes sense to me. And we just closed the deal. I mean, it was basically a handshake. And so whatever that number is that you guys agreed on, was that, did he have the ability to pay that to you 100% at the close? Was it 100% earnout or somewhere in between? So he had an investor that he already secured. And again, that's where I knew like he's on his way out. So he had an investor, he had a business partner, non-clinician, and their plan, I think I can disclose this, was to grow multiple clinics, you know, and, and you've seen it and everybody knows it like, all right, we're going to grow so many locations to this EBITDA and then we're going to sell out to a private equity or something like that. And so this was giving him the chance to lay the seed, plant the seed and, and use that as a launching he could write a check for this without even blinking an eye. You know, it was not a big deal for them. So yeah, we got a lump sum payment. And that was the other advantage. I was like, all right, well, I get this money now. I have to pay taxes on it, but I can use this money now as opposed to waiting three years to get this money. I'll just take the money now, you know? And that was because he had an investor, you had a, maybe a little bit of leverage there. You know, in some cases, if you, if you didn't know that, then maybe you would have agreed to some some percentage of an earnout as owners that are looking to, you know, potentially sell some or all of their practice, if they get a big lump sum, whatever the number is for others, other owners listening, maybe it's a million dollars, maybe it's $2 million, whatever, maybe it's 500 grand, whatever the number is. If you're able to, you know, if you want to talk about it, did you take that and take that money and put it into real estate? You got taxed on it first. Did you put it into real estate? Right. Did you invest? Did you put it in stocks and marketable securities? Did it go in a conservative wealth plan, or I don't know, we didn't talk about this in the pre-interview. So if yeah. you're open to talking about it, wh yeah, where did yeah. that money go? Well, you know, I, I think as clinicians, uh, we understand our patients, you know, patient comes in, they're high anxiety, you know, we, we might not do the same things with that patient that we would do with another patient, right? So 
I understand my wife. I understand her background. I understand where she comes from. Very conservative. Like my family, they've all been entrepreneurs. My family, everybody's had a business. Everybody has been bankrupt and made money and lost money. And we've been all over the board. My wife comes from a very stable, like mom and dad, you know, worked 40 years, got a pension, put it away. So when I get a lump sum payment like that, it has no material difference on my life. Like it doesn't change anything day to day. So I put it into something that makes her feel good, you know, and and I know you're going to have Will Butler on. Um, I know you already interviewed him. He's my guy. He's the guy that I work with. So he and his group, they kind of put me into a couple of things that we were in some insurance vehicles before, um, got out of it, got back into it. So I can just put money into those things and, you know, high, high conservative. I mean, if you had any idea the amount of cash we have sitting there just burning away with inflation, it would make you sick. But that's what makes my wife feel good. And I don't spend any money. I don't care. So to me, it makes no difference. So it goes into a super conservative, like guaranteed loses money probably every year but doesn't lose 40% like Snapchat lost in the market recently. You know, it's like, <laughs> right, not right. going to have those swings. We do have real estate. Real estate's a big chunk of our long-term investment. We own the clinic that we, we own the real estate for the clinic we're in. We've had hospitals as tenants within our real estate. We still own real estate down in Florida. Ironically, the guy who opened the clinic half a mile down the street, it was in the same parking lot, same plaza where we were going to move the clinic we sold. We were going to move it into this space that we bought with the intention of opening a clinic there. But once we did it, we were like, we can't open a clinic here. Nobody is going to come to this clinic, even though it's a half a mile down the road because of getting in, getting out of the parking lot and the logistics of it. So we just rented out that it's commercial real estate. We rented it to a realtor. They've been a tenant there forever. We've got our doctors and chiropractors that rent space in our building here next to our physical therapy clinic. But that's kind of our big thing. We've got insurance as a long-term investment. We've got real estate as a long-term investment. And then we've got the cash flow from either the digital businesses or the brick and mortar clinic that kind of keep us going. And, and also, you still, yeah, you had the two other locations in Ohio yeah. at the time of selling the location in Florida. So really, it wasn't like it wasn't like your big retirement amount that you needed to guarantee, like you really negotiated hard for and got, you know, kind of squeeze everything out of it. Like you said, you, you weren't under a lot of, you know, tension or pressure to really squeeze out as much as you could. At the same time, you knew that that therapist is probably going to go on and do something himself anyway. So you guys probably, you both had things going on where it just made sense where you were able to, you know, find something that was fair for both sides, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. We've just been really fortunate with that. You know, we've never been in a situation where we've had to make a decision. We've never had our backs against the wall. I mean, we've been under some serious stress. Don't get me wrong. Every business owner has. But the reality is, we kind of understand and, and have always taken a more conservative route. And that's the combination of I'm ultra aggressive. My wife is ultra conservative. We meet somewhere in the middle, bias to the conservative side. And so we've just always been lucky with that. How much did you rely on any advisors or accountants or lawyers or anything when you sold the practice in Florida? 
We didn't. I, I've never really had, never had an attorney. I've never had a, like, I've got a CPA right now. I don't really talk to him much. I just, I feel like at the size that we're at, we're not hundreds of millions, you know? And so at the size that we're at to get somebody who's really qualified to give us the advice, I, just, I haven't found it. I just haven't. I haven't found the attorney. I haven't found the CPA. Like they do their job. They're fine. It's like person goes to therapy. The therapist is good enough. That's kind of where they are. Yes, there's phenomenal therapists out there. But for for my needs, good enough is good enough. So maybe if I went the other route and I went more private equity and I was going to grow and scale and do a lot more. Which is generally speaking, we've never done that. Now I do a lot of research. I do a ton of reading. I make sure, you know, I look at all the comparables and we're therapists. We're smart. We can figure stuff out. So with, with whatever you and that therapist signed, some agreement or something to for that transaction when you sold the, the location in Florida, I'm assuming then you drafted that up? Actually, what I did was I had his guy drafted up because his guy had attorneys already. Um, you have them drafted up, assuming it's going to be in their best interest. But then I would have, we did have an attorney actually for that specifically looking at like, it's a standard cookie cutter, you know, this is exactly what it is. There might've been one or two clauses in there that our attorney had to switch around a little bit, just to take a little bit of the liability off of us. Like, should something go wrong? And that might have been like a $500, you know, take a look at this, make these changes, send it back over. But for for these kinds of deals, I mean, money is, is this kind of money for that kind of person, it's not even worth the time. You know, so they're like, okay, that's fine. Let's go. Just get it done. All right. So on this episode, we have Tony Maritato. This is part one. Go ahead and check out part two next. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com or You can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.